Blessings. This is Darcina May, and this is EM Healing, and we have another great episode for you today. I am so excited to have another guest with me. Her name is Tracy Panak, and she is a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm going to give her some time to introduce herself. Yes. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, yes, my name's Tracy. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist who works with women and couples in my therapy practice in Norwalk, Connecticut. Um, I like to help uh, couples deal with various relationship issues and concerns, um, and especially uh, premarital counseling, things like that, where they're trying to prepare to build a life together. And I also help women deal with various life transitions. So that's just tough things that happen in our lives. Breakups in particular are something that I'm passionate in helping women heal from. Um, but also it can be things like deaths or job loss, any sort of significant loss in midlife. That is so awesome. I <clears throat> just want to take the time to say I appreciate you for for being that, you know, shining light for for others that are you know, looking to gain a new perspective um, so that they can lead more satisfying life. Uh, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. And um, definitely want to show the gratitude, you know, when I am able to. So much love and light your way. I appreciate you so you. much. Uh, definitely for showing up today uh, because, you know, we're not always promised every day. So we planned this day and I'm happy that we made it to this day. <laughs> Absolutely. And now we can, you know, dive deeper into um, creating a more loving experience for how we deal with relationships and breakups. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, to help create a more loving experience. How to create a more loving experience? Yeah. Um, yeah, it starts with, honestly, really thinking about the fact that both people in the relationship are human, are people with their own desires, wishes, concerns, expectations. I think that when you think of yourself and realize that you have things that you want and don't want in a relationship... And that you have things that you want and don't want for your life. If you can apply that to the to another person and say, okay, this other person in this relationship with me is also an individual with their own desires, wants, and needs. All of these things um, help you to start out from a foundation of this person is um, is my teammate. They're not an enemy. They're not um, an adversary. Because I do think mm -hmm. that a lot of times in relationships. Uh, especially as the as the relationship starts to uh, not go so well or deteriorate, uh, individuals in the relationship can tend to start looking at one another as adversaries. And I always try to help them, you know, remember that they're ideally wanting to be teammates, or, or at least so we, we think. So the idea is if you do want to be teammates, what are things that foster a team mentality? Um, and that's you know, showing that you care about somebody, that's the way you speak to someone, that's letting them know um, that you are interested in what they need. And that's also communicating clearly your needs. So it really starts from that foundation of realizing that just as I have wants, needs, and desires as a person, this other person does as well. 
Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, I touched base a lot um, with another guest host um, <clears throat> on the episode about language, uh, healing from the language of love, the love language, healing the love language <laughs> and understanding that, you know, we like, and I've been telling this to people as well, that I am human. I am a person. I have my own feelings and emotions. Right. And I'm not here for me personally, my perspective in life is I know that we are all here to be interconnected and help each other. So I work very hard on helping people to see that that is me um, internally and externally. Uh, it's very important to, you know, love yourself the same way that you want to love others. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when I've, been in my breakups you know I recently just went through a breakup <laughs> so I can really be um, speaking from personal experience and you know I didn't personally want to break up with the person I just told them that certain things needed to change right and they were not accepting of what I needed so we became those adversaries and it just was counterproductive from that moment on right you know, and I don't know how to to get them to respond in a loving way. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it, that acknowledgement and acceptance that we are limited in our ability to to influence how somebody responds to something mm-hmm. and how they behave. Um, we can't control anyone's behavior ex- but our own. The best we can do is attempt to positively influence other people by giving our thoughts and opinions and advice and offering our support, but then they have to take it from there. So I always say with people that you ultimately cannot control how somebody receives something from you. You can only control how you deliver it. And so we should attempt to deliver any information in as respectful and clear and honest a manner as possible. But then it is left up to that other person in terms of how they interpret it which is based on a number of factors. It can be experiences. It can be, you know, their value system. It can be their opinions and thoughts of you. All of these things influence how we receive information. But to the point of how do I lovingly bring up pretty much, you know, issues or concerns in a relationship, I see it from two two ways. There's the uh, preventative uh, measure, which I'll get into more. And it's more about as you before you go into a relationship or as you go into a relationship so that you can set the foundation as clearly as possible but then there's the method of having to kind of deal with what you're currently experiencing meaning you're already in the relationship and you realize things are not the way you want them to be um going back to my point of each person has their desires and expectations it really is a conversation about that ultimately meaning you can come to someone and say you know, these are the things that I would, was looking for or hoping for in the relationship and that I expected and really talk about whether you were clear on these expectations or not. And oftentimes with relationships, what happens is there are a lot of unspoken expectations because we feel that somebody should know something or that they think and feel the same way as us or that they want the same things. And 
the reality of a situation, it may not be very romantic, but the reality of the situation is that a relationship is a contract. And so when you think of like a legal contract, there's all these terms that are written down and that are verbalized. Everyone gets to read it and you sign, you negotiate and you sign on the dotted line, right? Yep. But in a relationship, we don't sit down and write these things all on paper and say, okay, you're going to agree to this, 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 and this and sign it. But the truth of the matter is in our own minds, we do have these expectations. They're just not written on paper. Mm-hmm. And so what we think is that this partner is, you know, they're, they're in essence, they're agreeing to our terms as they continue to engage with us and, and be a part of our lives. Some of the expectations are verbalized like, hey, I'd like to have two kids someday and I want to live in a house here and there. Mm-hmm. And other expectations are just never said because honestly, we don't even think to, to say them. Yeah. And I always say with couples that, so then issues aren't an issue until they're an issue. Meaning there can be expectations that you both have that you both already agree on. So it never comes up as a problem because you're both going along your, your way and, and these things never uh, show up as an issue because you're both doing the same thing. But then there are those things where you realize this person's doing it this way or wants it this way and you want it another way. And those become the things that bring people, uh, you know, for instance, into couples therapy being like, okay, you know, I'm not happy with this or with that. And I just always explain to people that ultimately a vast majority of of couples issues are not about someone being, you know, um, objectively right or wrong. There are some things for sure. Like, especially when we're talking about like physical abuse or things like that. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, it's that each person has their expectations. And if they were just single, that expectation would be just fine. Mm-hmm. But now that you're in a relationship with another person, because your expectation differs from theirs, now it's an issue, but not necessarily because one person's right or wrong. Um, to use a very basic example, like, you know, it's this idea of like, you're living on your own and you want to paint your walls blue and the, the other person living on their own, they want to paint them green nothing's wrong with either of those in and of themselves right but mm-hmm. you move in together now we have an issue about what color we're going to paint the walls like that's a very you know simplified example but that's really what so many couples issues do come down to is a realization that oh my goodness we don't have the same expectations on this thing and yeah juice so yeah it's it's um i have learned that a lot of it is because on a totality we're living life so quickly um, even we're even we're now in this era, we are trying to live life, um, very quickly in our relationships to where like we meet someone and immediately, especially when we're in our thirties, where we're already have a life as situated, we immediately want to figure out how to work someone into our life yeah, to where they're living with us already. Yep. And, you know, we don't take the proper precautions of getting to know someone and or we don't even um, take into consideration how much actual time we used to spend with people when we were younger in high school. You know, we were literally either in the same school, in the same classes, in the same uh, group of friends. So we literally saw each other within more time frames, more hours when we were children than we are as adults. Yep, Absolutely. So we want to create this, um, this, this uh, thought in our head that, you know, I'm, I'm a, I have been a victim of it as well, that, you know, you want to fall in love in a month. And now it could be true that you could fall in love in a month, but you have to actually be 
spending a month worth of time with a person, not just because, oh, we met December 1st and by December 31st, we're in love just because of the little bit of time we spent together. As adults, Mm -hmm. we really have to lengthen that time to where if we fell in love with someone within a month as as, as an adolescent, as a teenager, we need to lengthen that to like two months maybe because that time that we initially put in when we first started creating those feelings were given a different type of an attention. Right. Yeah. And, and to add another point that I think is a big one, I usually, you know, present it as a question to people to consider first off, which is Mm -hmm. also falling in love is an important part of it because that's the emotional aspect that keeps Mm -hmm. you connected to a person. But is love alone enough? Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, is love alone enough to build a life with somebody happily? Mm-hmm. Because the truth of the matter is, plenty of us have been or are in situations in which we love the person who we're in a relationship with, but doesn't necessarily mean we get along with them very well. Doesn't necessarily mean that we are on the same page same page in terms of what we want out of life and Mm -hmm. the reality that people come to find is that they are unhappy with being in a relationship with somebody who they love and care very much about but they realize oh my goodness like I I want these things for myself in my life and, and they want something different and then what happens is I think people feel a lot of guilt and maybe even shame around the fact that oh I want more than only love in my relationship because healthy love you know yeah it has to be healthy love it has to be practical Mm -hmm. uh understandings and agreements on certain important things whatever those things are that are important to you um this brings in this idea of compromise in a relationship you know we understand Mm -hmm. and we hear you know relationships are about compromise and i would agree to an extent. Mm-hmm. So I talk with people about understanding. So this goes into that whole idea of knowing your expectations and desires. Honestly, before you enter a relationship, there's an exercise that I like to do with people, which is very basic and simple. You take a piece of paper and you write down, write down everything that you can think of um, in your ideal partner. So if you could wave a magic wand and create the ideal person for you, mm-hmm. what would be all the qualities of this person in every aspect that you can think physical, uh, personality, life circumstances, etc. That helps you to understand the things that you want in a partner in a relationship. And then you go down that list and you check off what I refer to as deal breakers. So these are the things that you wouldn't be able to happily live without, even if a bunch of other things were checked off on the list. An example might be, um, it's important to you that you have three children. And so even if somebody checks off all these other things you had on your list, but they don't want any kids at all, that, that is a, and you know, you wouldn't be happy with that. Then that's considered a deal breaker item on your list. The reason why this is such an important thing to do is when we talk about compromise, the truth of the matter is you should not compromise on your deal breakers. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to end up resentful down the road because these are high value items to you. Now, if you have preferences that the person, I don't know, that the person um, is a certain height and that they uh, like to read, and these are things that you haven't checked off as deal breakers for yourself, then those are things that are fine for you to compromise on because you, the, if the person checking off all these other things, but they happen not to love reading like you do, you're like, oh, that's fine. It's something I can live with. It's, it's really about you determining for yourself 
what is important to you because you shouldn't compromise on the things that you check off as deal breakers. Those are the things that have people ending up being very unhappy and discontent in their relationships. Yes, I completely agree. I love that um, explanation. It it really uh, it really helps us to understand that you know there are times where we need to compromise, and there's the other times we need to be compassionate, you know, with ourselves. You know, right? What yeah. what is going to help us grow? Um, a lot of a lot of the times, we'll make a decision based upon if it's going to be socially acceptable and yes we have to realize that society is not going to be with us in our bed at night when we want to go to sleep (laughs) that's right and they're not going to be there when you know we have these pivotal moments when we want to have kids or want to expand our life they're not going to be there knocking on the door saying let me help you make this next decision yep you know so we have to allow ourselves to make decisions that are going to make our body feel good our mind feel good and our heart to feel good absolutely to your point I always talk with people you know a a sometimes common question would be you know as a therapist people asking you know should I stay in this relationship should I break up should I leave and I always say we can talk about what things look like on paper meaning all the things you're telling me I can tell you oh it doesn't sound like this is you know clearly you're not happy it doesn't sound like this is the most uh, beneficial thing for you or that sort of thing. And that's all fine and well. But mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is whether I tell you to leave or not, which is not something I'm going to do, but this is the reason why, I am not the person who actually has to deal with the repercussions, positive or negative, of that decision. It's very true. It's very true. Right. So me saying, yeah, no, it sounds like that's not very good. You should leave. I'm not the one who's going to have to sleep in my bed by myself that night. I'm not the person who's going to have to have the conversation with breaking up, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not the person who's going to have to figure out, I don't know, where I'm going to have to move or how I'm going to carry the finances. My point being Mm -hmm. is that regardless of what I or anybody else tells you to do about your relationship, you have to live it. You have to walk in those shoes. So Mm -hmm. really, it doesn't matter what anybody else has to say about you being in a relationship or not in -hmm. terms of whether you should leave or not. Of course, people who care about you, you considering their thoughts and their advice, but in terms of doing the actual thing, no one but you are going is going to actually uh, go through the experience. And that is important. That is key. That is key. That is, it's so, um, it resonates with me so much. Um, I'd like to ask you a question. It's, it's uh, my personal, something that I'm going through personally, but I feel like it'll help a, a lot of the listeners mm-hmm. um, because my kid's father and I, we are not together. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like we had this mother child relationship, you know, that we were speaking about briefly before we hopped on here. And it took us about five years to get to a point where he can actually be um civil with me like he's been working on being civil over the years but right now this moment we are at a point where you know he's okay with me being with other people he's okay with how I am with the kids with him not being here um I mean he's not letting go of all of his emotions but he's learning to to see that you know that he still gets to see his kids he's still being a father to his kids and he doesn't want to disconnect the love that he has for me as a, as a mother, as a person that helps inspire him to be a better person. And he's, he has these, uh, he's having a difficult time in his relationship 
Um, you know, we're going through this 2020 awakening phase in our lives where a lot of people are realizing that they, um, they compromise those, those parts of them, the, the, their boundaries that weren't supposed to be compromised. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us are realizing that we did that and we're like, dang, that's why we're upset. So I feel like, you know, that's kind of what's happening with his relationship. So the person that he's with is, you know, kind of making him doubt his relationship with me and he's trying to figure out how he's supposed to interact with me going forward with other relationships. And I tell him all the time, I said, listen, when I deal with other men or when I speak to my friends, I let them know Hector is, you know, that's his name calling it out there, but he is a great father and he has been a great support and I would never take away that aspect of himself and I always remain as a loving person because I want him to be there for his kids I never want him to miss anything just because we're not together right so I tell people like please don't misconstrue my relationship with my kid's father we talk on the phone we converse we talk about our kids I know what's going on with them wherever they're at regardless of the situation and that's because we're able to communicate on a loving basis, but this took time. Right. You know? So he asked me, you know, is he wrong for being so communicative with me? I told him, I don't think so because I tell other people at the beginning right. that, that that's what they're going to be experiencing. Right. Got it. So kind of the question of, yeah, like to answer his question, like, is it wrong for exes who are co-parenting to communicate um, so much and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that this is, I'll start out by saying, generally speaking, it's not a one size fits all. The mm-hmm. fact that you, something that I think you do well that, that you just described is you set, you make your expectations clear at the beginning of a relationship or potential relationship with someone, because mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is that's what it comes down to. Meaning what you're ultimately saying is, yeah, to be with me means for you to accept that I have, you know, a, a communicative relationship with my ex. We are mm-hmm. co-parenting our children. And for the sake of our children, we communicate. And I need you, meaning the person who you might be in a relationship with, to understand that and be okay with that. The truth of the matter is, if they're not, then they're not the person for you. Mm-hmm. Because it's important to you personally that you're able to communicate in this way with your, with your um, ex. And with that comes in this piece, of course, you know, it it also sounds like you have clear boundaries set with your ex, meaning like anyone who's with you shouldn't have to worry or be concerned that, oh, there's, you know, issues or there's potential for you to, you know, betray them in any way with your ex or anything like that, cheating or, or being Mm -hmm. an appropriate communication. But that's something, that's something that you have, that you're putting out there to make clear to them, meaning that the person who you're with needs to be able to accept that you're going to have this communication, but also you're ideally providing them that security that like, I'm Mm -hmm. someone who you don't have to worry about, you know, in any way kind of betraying you or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Two important things. Because the truth of the matter is, if you were somebody who were putting out there that this person maybe had reason to be concerned that you, you weren't going to keep boundaries, then it would be understandable that they would be upset about it. Um, Mm -hmm. The truth of the matter is, though, that 
then they still might not be the person for you. Like the idea here is that we're, we're having to put out what we need and want from that other person. Again, the terms of the contract so mm-hmm. that they can then agree, which again, in a relationship isn't by signing on a dotted line, but it is by being with you and saying, yep, that's okay. That works, that sort of thing. So to his question, to, to, um, you know, Hector's question, um, the answer is it might, it might be a problem for the person that you are currently with that he communicates with you so much. So then he would need to ask himself, why is that? Is it me in the way that I'm presenting things or putting things out there? Does this person that I'm with have need to have concerns or, or is it understandable that they would have concerns that I may in some way betray them? Or is it about them, that person, maybe some of their insecurities, maybe their past experiences of being in a similar situation? My point is, is that you look at each situation individually, because if it's important to him that you guys are able to communicate around your kids, that is something he needs to set out to anybody who he would consider being with so that they have that other person has the option of deciding whether they can agree and accept that or not. Yes, I agree. Thank you. That's, you know, very clear and um, a clarified response. And, you know, you made a great point about, you know, we cannot just, just, we cannot just uh, express our expectations. We have, we have to also reflect it. You know, we have to show security to others. Right. Um, And I'm really big on helping um, individuals learn to be more reflective because I know a lot of us don't want to seem like we're sneaky. Right. And we just want to do what's best for the people that we have to take care of. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we're making these decisions for other people. And we have to be willing to first make the decision for ourselves. Right. You know, and, and like you said, like we both were saying, like no one else is going to be there with you after you make those decisions. So we can give all the advice in the world, but we want, you know, everybody out there to understand that you want to be happy with your decisions, regardless of how crazy it sounds to the outside world or how normal it sounds to the outside world. It's your perspective, you know, if you want to just live a simple life and and have one person to love for the rest of your life, let that be it. You know, if you feel like you need to have multiple partners and be with a female and a man, let that be it. But let it be known. Let it be reflective in your life. Don't make people feel like they're a secret or that there's other secrets to learn. Right. Yeah, it's it it takes a certain maturity to do this. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people struggle with, like this very honest way of presenting, this is what I want and need. Mm -hmm. Are, are you okay with that? And everybody has the right to not be okay with it. And to to move on. I I always tell people be honest and upfront so that the other person can make an informed decision. Yeah. And it's scary, you know? (laughs) Oh Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying this is easy to do. (laughs) I'm not saying it's easy. I think it's about asking yourself that, you know, is it worth it? You know, um, that's, that's what it comes down to. I'm not claiming that it's easy. I am claiming though that I feel it is worth it because it helps protect you from a a long time, if not a lifetime of strife, stress, resentment, the list goes on. Yes. Oh my goodness. It does. And that, when you said, is it worth it? It gave me goosebumps. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's when you know you really mean it. Like it has to be worth it. Yeah. And I say that to myself and I've been, you know, I've been working on my own personal relationship with myself. Um, and, you know, a lot of us can take it that deep to where, you know, I need to break up with myself for a little bit. Mm. <laughs> or I need to break up with my ego. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I'm fighting my ego sometimes. And and for me, because I'm healing from my concussion, I'm trying to break up feelings, feeling in so much pain and, and yeah. so tired and my yeah. spiritual self is like all right like we can do this we can work through this little by little you just need to bring in the stuff that you practiced and um I'm learning to be more loving with myself yep and that is so important and as you said the words little by little mm-hmm. I cannot stress that enough healing in any way physically mentally emotionally from any type of event in life, it is a process and dare I say a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and like this idea of like, okay, when will I be fixed? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a reasonable and understandable desire because like I always say, nobody wants to be in pain of any kind mm-hmm. longer than they have to be. Yeah. Um, but the truth of the matter is that it's more of seeing the pain in a sense decrease over time in stages um it 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 doesn't all go away immediately so talking specifically around you know like heartbreak and emotional pain it doesn't go from you know feeling pain at a level of of 100 to suddenly it being zero that's not how life works that's not humans work um they're you know the trajectory of healing i always say it's not a straight line up it's a jagged crooked spirally line yeah. Um, and you know, what comes to me is the word vulnerability. You know, how willing are we to be vulnerable? Yeah. To feel that pain. Like, don't rush out of the pain. 100%. That's the very first step that I tell people when it comes to this healing journey of, of healing from heartbreak. Literally, feel your feelings. Allow yourself to experience the grief and to mourn your feelings. That's where you always have to start. You always have to start there because otherwise... You're denying your feelings. Oh, I'm fine. I'm this, I'm that. That's that's the foundation for disaster in terms of healing. Usually that prolongs the healing process. It complicates the healing process. Makes everything more challenging down the road. But if we can mm-hmm. be vulnerable, like you said, and say, you know what? I'm sad. I'm angry. This sucks. I'm embarrassed. Whatever it is you're feeling, it starts mm-hmm. there. So maybe that's saying it to yourself out loud. Maybe it's saying it to somebody you trust. Maybe it's writing it down in a journal, but like finding a way to express the fact and acknowledge the fact that this is where I am right now. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. The fingers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so as we, um, as we, you know, start to near the end of the episode, I really want to um, <clears throat> add some, you know, really empowering tips for, uh, for our listeners to to learn how to uh, lean into identifying red flags at the beginning. Yeah. Um, So it would start with me. Two things come to mind for me is as you're interacting with somebody and dealing with them, red flags are someone who isn't clear on what they themselves want. And someone who 
has trouble being able to verbalize or communicate what those needs or desires are that they have because that's the foundation for everything if somebody doesn't know what they want then it's setting up the potential for things to shift in a bunch of different ways down the road and so then you're in this position of feeling like you agree to a contract that suddenly is being changed in the middle of the of the of the policy if i Mm -hmm. say like (laughs) verizon told you you were going to pay one amount and then they suddenly say oh actually we changed our mind uh, we need you to pay this amount. You're not going to be happy about that, right? So yeah. that, you know, the issue there is that Verizon needed to be clear on what they actually wanted you to pay from the beginning. So again, you can make an informed decision. So with that, what I mean is like, yes, if, if this has a lot to do with, and this is one of the reasons why we say your own individual work before entering a relationship is key. It's not about meeting in quotes perfection before you're in a relationship, because I don't know what perfection is, but it is about coming to some real, doing some real self-reflection and coming to some understandings of like, what do I need? What do I want? Because you can't communicate that to another person if you don't know it yourself. Exactly. So you have to do that individual work. So my point being, if you're dealing with somebody who does not seem like they've done that individual work, that's not ideal because they could change up the terms of the contract out of nowhere down the road simply because they're still figuring it out and I say this with a caveat don't get me wrong here by no means does any person have their whole life figured out and what they're going to be like you know they're 20 something what they're going to be like when they're 40 60 whatever that's not the point here but it Mm -hmm. is the the point is have I at least done some thinking and some thought and some work on what I want so that I can be as clear as possible and yes as human beings we change and shift absolutely the idea here is to ideally be able to be with somebody who you can grow with and change and shift with but the truth of the matter is there are going back to those deal breakers there are key values that you want to be in it's in a certain amount of agreement with because they're major things that oftentimes have a likelihood of not shifting or if you are put in a position where you feel like you have to change them, then again, you can be resentful. So a red flag is someone who doesn't seem like they've done the work, the self-reflective work to know what they want and need. And then someone who isn't able to be clear to you about what those things are. Mm, that's so deep. That is so deep. Thank you so much for, for, for saying that. Um, it, it brought up so much for me. <laughs> yeah. It, it'll, it'll save a lot of, of a lot of weight. I, I don't want to say wasted time, but unnecessary emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, unnecessary confusion. I agree. And I always say again, with the caveat, we're talking about life. We're talking about humans, which means it's, it's mainly gray. It's not just black and white. So I always tell people there's no way to 100% guarantee not being hurt down the road. That's just not something that anyone's going to be able to guarantee you. Mm-hmm. let go of that as a goal but yes we can be preventative we can be proactive we can set up the chances of it of it being less likely just by ha- being aware mm-hmm. of certain things i going back to that list that i have people do i call it the ideal partner list i say do that um you know especially when you're single and just do it whether you're actively dating or not because this is just good information for anyone to know because literally as you meet people in your life just literally meet people you can start to know and understand whether the trajectory with that person should go down a path of like not engaging with them anymore and cutting them off, whether it should go down a friendship path, whether it should go down a potential actual romantic relationship path based on the things on your list that they are or are not checking off. 
So if you already have this list developed, literally write it down on paper because then that helps you keep it in your mind. Then as Mm -hmm. you're meeting people and you're seeing, you know, who they are, what they're about, you're literally, you have this checklist in your head that helps you give, helps give you some clarity on which way to go with this person. So that exactly that you don't one waste time because sometimes time is of the essence, depending on what your life goals are. And two, so that you can help yourself avoid emotional strife and pain for yourself and that other person, quite frankly. Yes. Yes. I agree uh, so much about that. And I'd like to add to the empowerment tips. Um, And a lot of us, you know, in order to reduce the pain in a breakup or even creating a, a relationship we have to remove uh, entitlement, you know, mm. uh, entitlement. Once we remove entitlement, we'll be able to, to really be able to plan that partner list effectively and put those entitlements into our requirements, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, cause a lot of us are like, Oh, I'm a female and I, and, and I take care of my house and home. So you should automatically want to provide for me right. and help me bills you know that's entitlement yeah and it, you make it you put it very well that's actually a really great way to think of it is make it into requirements meaning i am yes maybe i'm i'm a woman who takes care of my house and home so what i want in a partner what i would like in a partner is someone who x y and z so because i always tell people you have the right to what you want just yes. like everybody has the right to not agree to that so again you figure out what you want so you can present it and the person can say yeah yeah cool or no not really or hey can we tweak this it's a negotiation so to your exact point yes that's that's so much of what goes happens in couples like they'll come in and be like oh he or she doesn't do this and that and and they should that's what i'm like we have to everybody we're gonna have to take a step back and Mm -hmm. we're gonna remove the shoulds and we're going to mm-hmm. remove the have tos. I always say to people, nobody mm-hmm. in the world, anywhere, ever has to do anything. Let's mm-hmm. be clear about that. Here's the thing. There are consequences, both positive and negative, of doing something or not doing something. But yeah. truthfully, the only thing, and in my fiance's words, that you have to do is die. That's it. Yep. Yes. <laughs> That's the only thing. That's the only thing understand though that yes if I do or don't do certain things people are going to respond a certain way or I'm going to have certain effects everything from from how I treat my body to to how I treat the people in my life but that's such an important thing that I have to bring like to couples attention because they go in and they are just like he or she doesn't do this and they're supposed to and they have to and they're this and they're that and I'm like "Eh." did you Mm -hmm. guys talk about what you feel like so-and-so is supposed to do did you guys Mm -hmm. figure this out because what's happening is you feel like they should or have to do this thing because this is what you want and and understandable that okay this is what you want but now what you're realizing is again you you or that other person has unintentionally pretty much given consent so it seems to certain contract degree uh uh aspects that they just didn't realize they were consenting to so mm-hmm. yeah it could look like oh he expects her to do the dishes because he you know does this thing or he has a traditional view of it whatever but these are things that actually need to be discussed and talked about yes 
Uh, everything, everything. Take the time, listeners, please. Me, myself, everyone, take the time to learn someone and talk about these things. These should be the conversations within the first three to six months mm-hmm. of learning someone. And um, that goes into part with my my other tip, which is understanding what unconditional love truly is. Mm-hmm. And I give this example of a child and the parents. The parents are already, once a parent learns that they're having a child, especially if they're already on uh, conceiving the child on purpose, they mm-hmm. immediately are going to fall in love with a seed. And they wait to be told by this child that they love at least three years for that child to repeat it back to them. Mm. And we're so patient. We don't expect anything from this child. And we just keep giving them love and giving them love. And that's the true term of unconditional love. Yes. And we have to be willing to do that to other people, but still have our boundaries. Right. I mean, I, I, I throw out the challenge all the time oftentimes that like is there any is there any relationship besides a child parent relationship that actually truly embodies unconditional love because Mm. the honest to goodness thing is that you have conditions of a person that you're in relationship with Mm -hmm. we literally spent this whole time talking about where there's an expectations and you have conditions and I don't even mean just the, Oh, I want them to do this, this, that, and the third, but I mean, emotional conditions. You, mm-hmm. you generally speaking, you have the condition that you want them to love you back, be loyal to you, be honest, care about you. Like those are conditions because if those conditions are removed, if they do not do those things and they strip them away, where does the love fall? And I, and I'm again, that, that varies by person. It's just more of a, like a mm-hmm. question I like to put out there because to mm-hmm. your point, I say the same thing, a parent child relationship. That's ultimately saying that there's nothing that my child can do that will make me stop loving them. Yes. There are plenty of things my child can do that can mm-hmm. make me angry with them, disappointed mm-hmm. with them, tell them that was wrong, that, Oh my goodness, I can't believe you did that. I'm ashamed, but that, but I still love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, we have to be willing to experience that with the people we love, you know? Right. And understand that loving someone isn't always being in the positive. Right. You know, there's gonna be times where it's where it's a down. And I tell that to people that are in a relationship because they're like, you know, right now I'm not happy in my relationship and I think we're gonna separate. And I'm and I'm I'm I look at them and I'm like, I wish that I was in the moment that you're in right now, because I understand that, you know, if we're trying to be in a relationship. That means that we're going to have decades of being together and you can't possibly imagine that you're going to love like someone always. Like right. there's days that we don't always like ourselves and we're like, Oh, I don't like the way I look today. I don't like the way I feel today. Right. So how can you possibly always like the way that someone is? Correct. You know, I would say love and like are two different things. I can constantly mm-hmm. love you while also at the same time not liking you in this moment. Yes. That's yes. The nature of human relationship. Yeah. So it's that, but I, I feel like the biggest theme here of us talking is that, you know, it's always going to be that yin and the yang, that, that dark and the light. You know, we have to be willing to let the unconditional love in. And we have to be willing to let our expectations in at the same time. Right. And let them meet and let yourself be compassionate 
And all of these things are very hard for us to accept right now because a lot of us are going through healing and just learning these kind of perspectives is what's going to help us to become more of who we expect ourselves to be every day. Right. Yeah. And that's how I feel. So I really appreciate you for coming on the show today, Tracy. This was amazing. I I feel like you really healed me during this session. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really appreciate it. So before we go, is there any social media tags that you would like for our listeners to follow you and learn more about you? Yes, definitely. Um, the best place right now to find me is on Instagram at therapist.tracy. So that's the word therapist.tracie. And if you follow me there, that's where you get all the updates around what I'm doing. I have things uh, that I'm working on for this year um, besides just uh, private practice. Um, And the link in my bio on Instagram will take you to my website and email list where you can sign up to get more information. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on the show. And for all of our listeners there, thank you for listening all the way to the end. I appreciate you every one of you for being here and you have a blessed day.